welcome to the Care to Change podcast. We are grateful to have you join us today. We are continuing our All About Teen series with a conversation between April and our counselor, Teresa Haskins, as they discuss bullying. Thank you for being a part of this conversation as we hope to offer you practical solutions for positive change. Welcome back, everyone. This is April Bordeaux. We are so grateful that you've chosen to spend this time with us. We are in the middle of an All About Teens series that started in the beginning of March. So far, we've talked about uh, teenage depression, self-harm and suicide. We've talked about teens and social media. We've talked about perfectionism and high achievers. We've talked about dating and we've talked about how to connect with your teen And uh, this week, another important topic that we sometimes think has more to do with our young kids than our teenagers, uh, but definitely affects our teenagers, and it's all about bullying. So we're going to talk about what that looks like in the teenage years, and we've brought in Teresa Haskins, one of our therapists. Teresa, I always love it when you're on our podcast. Thanks for being here. I love being here. Thanks. For inv- and this so important good. topic. Right. So great. Uh, it's just uh, so much bigger than it used to be when you and I were growing up. Yes. And it's a topic that a lot of parents just think that has to do with younger kids, elementary age, maybe even early middle school, maybe. But by the time kids are teens, sometimes we kind of put it to the side and pretend it's not happening. Right. But we know it is. So let's dive into this topic and first give a definition. Mm -hmm. What exactly would teenage bullying be defined as? Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, you're you're right, April. It feels like we have a really a a better. It's almost like we've honed the definition Mm -hmm. of bullying. The CDC has a great definition. Um, I like it because it's kind of threefold definition. Um, the very first thing is that there's some aggression that's mm-hmm. being displayed, um, some unwanted aggressive behavior that's that's going on. Um, also, there's this perceived or observed power imbalance where um, one teen is is displaying is uh, some sort of power struggle going on. Um, and the third thing is it's repetitive. There's a person that's being bullied, uh, it's just not a one thing. It's happening uh, time and time again. So those are the three um, characteristics that the CDC has has put out. And I, I think that's it's really helpful to be looking for all three of those things. What are different types of bullying? Um, so bullying can be um, the, you know, the, the really common things that we think of being called names, me, 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 being made fun of, insulted. Um, it could also be, and this is more prevalent in girls, where um, there are rumors or lies that, that people spreading, uh, that are, people are spreading about you. Being, of course, pushed, shoved, the physical type of bullying, which is uh, more common in boys. Um, but also uh, being left out, excluded. And, and girls will sometimes do this where they don't talk to a girl anymore. You know, they, they exclude her from the friend group. Um, and there's a lot involved in that. But um, that's also a type of bullying. And, of course, being threatened. Um, and then making others 
um, making a, a child, a teen, do things that they don't want to do, property being destroyed is another type of bullying. And then, um, you know, today we have cyberbullying mm. that to me, all of these and well, not all of them, but but a lot of these can happen in person or online. And, and so you have the cyberbullying aspect that's also really prevalent right now. Yeah, um, that's just so much. And what is the impact of bullying on teens? Yes. So uh, I don't know if this is helpful, but statistics show that um, about 20% of students um, ages 12 to 18 experience some sort of bullying um, in in the U.S. And then 70% of young people have witnessed bullying. Um, And then even 50% admit to have said something mean um, to someone. So it, it just has this, this effect that not, not only on those that are being bullied, which can be socially in their developmental stage, it could be really, of course, harmful. Um, but you also have, you know, there, the bystanders and the bullies themselves, themselves who are, um, absolutely impacted. And it would be an understandable happening if, if, any teen would be caught up in any one of these types of involvement and and not knowing how to fix it. So when you go into how to fix it, um, well, before we go into how to fix it, um, what is, what's the impact? So on teens who are the victims or bystanders who witness it, Mm-hmm. What's the impact that the bullying has on the victim and the bystander? The impact on those being bullied can feel ostracized. Uh, you know, one of the things that um, it's, it makes it hard for them to talk about it is too, is that they, they're so embarrassed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, talking about it would require them to say the things that the bullies have said. So mm. their self-esteem, of course, is so is so damaged. Um, and uh, another really important effect of it is that, you know, in their social development, um, they might develop um, this, this idea that uh, just... Um, more anxiety, more depression, um, more feeling like people are talking about them. So, so um, somewhat more on edge. Um, you know, they might, if they're believing the things that they are being, you know, bullied on, um, they're going to be a little more nervous, more anxious. Mm. So feeling alone, mm-hmm. um, feeling embarrassed. Um, their self-esteem, social development is impacted, more anxiety or depression, mm-hmm. feeling on edge. These are all things that, how will that manifest? Mm-hmm. So what are some ways that parents or teachers might see something that would right. indicate, oh, I wonder if they're being bullied? Yeah, so some signs that um, a child or teen might be bullied would be, um, it, of course, if, if they're being physically bullied, there might be some injuries. Mm-hmm. You might notice 
bruises or or signs of physical um, bullying. Um, but you might notice uh, that they're they're losing things that some of their things have been broken. Um, it, and then again, that's more of the physical um, signs of it. But they might often have headaches or stomach issues, feeling sick, um, not wanting to go to school is another really big one. Um, maybe they're changing their eating habits. So skipping meals, um, binge eating, things of that nature. Um, and, uh, you know, they might, because of avoiding their bullies, skipping lunch. So coming home famished and, um, being really hungry after after school um and nightmares uh of course watch their grades if their grades are declining um that's a really good sign that something's going on um and then a change in their friend circles uh, noticing that uh, um so when you know that that their friend groups have changed quite a bit that's an that's another big sign um and of course an increase in mental health issues, anxiety, depression. Um, those are really important cues. Now, and I think too, really listen to some subtle confessions. If, if they are, you know, subtly saying how, you know, they're th- thick their legs are, you know, or um, making these subtle comments about how they look, you might, you might probe a little bit to see if there's something going on. So what are things that parents or teachers could do if they suspect or mm-hmm. they're seeing some of these signs? I think the the very first the very first thing for a parent or for that matter an educator anyone that suspects this is that don't freak out. Mm. Um listen um, make, making sure that the teen is feeling heard and understood is the most important thing. Um, all the studies indicate that if, if teens that are bullied have just one person that is open and is listening, then they're resilient. They, they, they can make it through this. Mm-hmm. So, so just one person can make a huge difference in a teen surviving this and getting through it. Um, But then again, really knowing your child's world and being really good at conversations, which is a really hard thing to get a teen to talk to you. Um, So asking open-ended questions, um, you know, being able to map out what's going on in the world, I think is a um, is, is a really important thing. So then, for, therefore, they feel more comfortable coming to you and telling you when something's going on. Um, so having that maintenance of being really open, not freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that studies show is that not fixing it necessarily. So um, not going to the bully's parents, that is very counterproductive. It usually makes things worse. Um, not to say that a parent shouldn't go to the teacher or the principal, um, but I feel like it's more effective that we really be there to listen and then um, really pr- 
provide this basis for resilience and, and, and teaching our children to be resilient. So there's this line between letting them um, face their own battles and intercepting for yes. safety's sake, right? Yes. And so for a parent, it's important to know the distinction between I must intervene because safety is at risk and I must teach my child or my teen how to respond in a way, like you said, builds resilience so that mm-hmm. they can learn ways to manage conflict on their own as they grow into young adults and into adulthood. So part of mm-hmm. part of a parent's job or parent's role in this is distinguishing between when to intervene because safety is at stake yes. and when to guide and coach to teach that resilience and come back, right? Absolutely. And yeah. so yeah, absolutely. supporting our kids in this process takes mm-hmm really being attuned to what it is that they're experiencing to know what that line is. Yes. And if we're busy reacting and getting in the way, we're not listening and teaching and guiding. Exactly. We're just shielding. We're not teaching them anything. They're not feeling heard. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. And and you're so right. Safety is the very paramount Mm -hmm. concern, the very first thing that that should be taken care of. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we know that long-term impact of bullying that is continues can affect mental health and well-being and can impact self-esteem yes. and growth and development and social development. So yes. we know if it continues that there's there can be long-term negative impact. Right. So we're, we're not advocating to do nothing because right. it needs to stop. It yes. needs to end. Um, it's just how, what the process is to get that to stop. And it goes a little deeper than saying to our teens, just tell them to stop mm-hmm. or um, walk away or go in another hallway. And there are elements at times when that's necessary or right. unfriend them or block them if it's on social media. Yeah. Uh, it, but it is a little bit deeper and more complicated than that right. uh, for our teenagers. And so it's so important to connect with them on a level that we can fully understand yes. the implications rather than just reacting based on, you yeah. know, what we were taught because times were different. Yeah. Um, I just, my own personal experience, I was bullied throughout middle and high school, mm. uh, being a very shy, chunky girl. Um, and on the other side of that, really reflecting on, um, how I got through it mm-hmm. and it wasn't a daily thing, but it was kind of spread throughout um, really feeling that I was valued. I, I almost, I remember some of those instances where I was being name called and all kinds of things like that and feeling like internally I was saying, but none of those things are true. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I didn't believe them. So as you're developing these relationships with your children, mm. um, that really impacts them for them to know that I am valuable. Um, such a huge difference maker mm-hmm. in them overcoming this. And, and another thing that I thought was really important is um, for, for a parent to encourage them into some sort of skill and what they're really good at. That's really Mm. what brought me through it because at the same time I was really developing 
um, my own hobbies and what I was really good at, mm-hmm. and which also um, was was very impactful in in not carrying so much of the wounds mm-hmm. from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so good. good, so good. Um, do you have any resources? I know that we're just sort of touching on this to bring it to light and yeah. to give some initial. Um, practicality to that. Are there resources yeah. that you would recommend? Um, some of the the best um, resources I found, um, stopbullying.gov has some really great information for parents and educators uh, for bystanders is, is another really, really crucial uh, role how you as a bystander can play a part mm. in reducing bullying. Um, so so stopbullying.gov is a, is a really helpful source. An amazing author on the subject, his name is Jonathan McKee. He has an amazing story himself of being bullied, savagely bullied in middle school. Um, and he has a, an amazing book on this. It's called The Bullying Breakthrough. And he addresses every side of this, not only his own experience, he had a fifth grader who was bullied. So his experience in as a parent, Mm. helping their child, and also his daughter admitted to being a bully herself. So it is a great book. I highly recommend it. Fantastic. Well, you've definitely give us some great uh, insight on how to understand what it is, what the impact is, and what we as parents can do. So thank you so much yeah. for that. My pleasure. Uh, for our listeners, if you're paying attention and you're sort of stuck where that line is, do you suspect that your teenager is experiencing this? Has your teenager experienced this and they are having difficulty shaking it or moving beyond or showing that resilience? Are you as a parent just saying, I'm not sure how to overcome being bullied as a child? So find yourself reacting to it. There's so many directions that this could go. The, the point is, if you're listening and you're struggling or you know somebody who is not to not to struggle alone, yes. but to reach out. Uh, we have Teresa's obviously here and available to meet with you. We have other therapists on our team who are well-versed in the topic and can help you as you parent and you, your teenager, if they're experiencing this or have experiences there, there is such a long-term impact and, and we, we don't want that. Right. And so if you're listening and you're struggling or one of your loved ones has been struggling, please reach out to us. It's really why we're here. We hope that you'll join us next week. We are going to continue the conversation about teenage, uh, the teenage years. We're going to talk about being a highly sensitive teen. And then the week after, we're talking about eating disorders and body image. So we're continuing on with these important topics that you have asked us to cover that we feel like is important based on the clients that we we have in our office and what they've been telling us. So we hope that you'll join us as we continue to offer you practical solutions for positive change. And we will see you next week. Thank you again for joining us for this episode of the Care to Change podcast, where we offer you practical solutions for positive change. Check out the show notes below to see resources mentioned in today's episode. You can follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube to hear more about our conversation topics.
you have any questions from this episode or would like to hear more, please reach out to us on our care line at 317-979-7133 or email us at help at caretochange.org. We hope you found this episode helpful and invite you to join us for more of our podcast conversations.